0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening session of Sunday the 27th of September 2009, entitled, Saved and Secure, Preparations for Baptism. And the Bible reading is taken from Acts chapter 8, verses 25 to 40. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Acts chapter 8, I'm going to start reading in verse 25. I'm going to invite you to stand if you would like to honor the reading of God's Word, beginning in Acts eight twenty-five. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah, the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him, Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized?' Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. He answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at and passing through the preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Father, we thank you again for this evening. Father, we thank you for the special privilege that you have allowed us, Lord, to be able to have a part in these that are Lord, following you in believers' baptism this evening. We pray, Lord, that your special hand would be upon on them this evening. We know, Lord, that as they witness of the commitment that's been made in their own lives, Lord, there may be some here this evening that just as this eunuch in this story, Lord, maybe you have sent them this way this evening specifically so that they might hear specifically of this one called Jesus, the only one, Lord, that can save them from their sins. We pray that you would work in hearts, that you would touch hearts, that you would do the work that needs to be done here this evening for your glory and your honor. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. I guess a lot of times that people maybe even consider religious things in their lives. They maybe consider God. They maybe even consider that it's something that it may be sometime in their life that uh, they may have an interest in. I don't want to say to you that one thing that we first notice in this passage here this evening that oftentimes is overlooked Folks, that there was some proper preparation that had already taken place that we cannot do for ourselves. The simple truth is, is that no matter what our intentions might be for tomorrow and the next day, we're not promised tomorrow and the next day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. James says that life is like a, a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. There is not one of us sitting here this evening that not only knows for sure whether we've got tomorrow, whether we've got the next heartbeat. But the truth is, is that there was some preparation that had taken place in this eunuch's heart because he had gone to Jerusalem seeking something. He had gone to Jerusalem apparently seeking this God of the Jews and he wanted to worship Him and yet he had had left there with not what he had gone for. But you notice that as he was heading out down the road, that God himself through the Holy Spirit used this one called Philip. He sent him from Jerusalem. And you notice the road that he sent him on, that desert road, it was the hardest way to get to where he was going. There was no logical reason for him to go that way, except that God sent him that way. You see, preparation takes place in a lot of ways. And these youngsters They had the privilege of being in a Christian home where devotions were taking place, where the Word of God was being read. They knew what it meant to be a Christian. There had to come that point in their life when they recognized through the Holy Spirit that they themselves, just being from a Christian home wasn't enough. There came a point when they recognized that they themselves were sinners. I talked to each one of them about this yesterday. You see, that's not always an easy thing for us to admit, but the Bible says that all, A-double-L, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You may not have come short of the glory of man. You may exceed all the expectations and do better than anybody else around that you possibly know. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And of course, the Bible tells us very clearly that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, they were able to realize that, you know, they were sinners themselves. Now folks, that's not hard to, to figure out. I would just challenge you just to think back, and I don't have time this evening to dwell there a long time, but you go right back to the first man and woman in the Garden of Eden where sin first began from. Again, we talked about this yesterday because that very first sin that was committed to It wasn't murder or rape or some horrid thing that, oh, I've never done anything bad. It was a sin of disobedience. They disobeyed God. And that was what brought sin into this world. And along with that sin came death for each and every one of us, both physically and spiritually. The truth is that that's not what God wants for you, for me, for anyone. The Bible says it's not His will that any should perish. But as we said here this evening, I wonder if you've ever, has your heart been prepared? Have you ever come to recognize and realize, you know, maybe, just maybe, just as this eunuch and Philip were taking down these paths, that they came together, maybe, just maybe, that God has you here in this service this evening to witness the testimony of these young people for a specific reason because God is wanting to speak to your heart. Maybe you know that, that, that something is missing there. I would challenge you this evening that you would take and, and listen to the Holy Spirit if He speaks to you and, and allows you to see that because only He can prepare the heart for that truth. You know that our flesh is really so wicked that without God Himself, without Him, the, the literally Him and the person of the Holy Spirit through His Word, Without Him moving on our hearts, we would have absolutely no desire whatsoever. I could say many things, but I want you to notice secondly, not only the proper preparation that takes place, you must admit and recognize that there is a need in your life. Now, the Bible tells us that those that seek diligently will find Him. But I want you to notice secondly, simply a proper presentation. He was seeking. He knew that He didn't have all the answers. He knew that there was something else there. And you notice that when we look that there was only one place that the truth could be presented to him. First of all, Philip knew. You know, every Christian that has ever been born again, that ever will be born again, every child of God that is here this evening, God has commanded each and every one of us to be a witness for him. Now, he doesn't call everybody to be preachers. He doesn't call everybody to be teachers. He doesn't call everybody to these specific roles, but he calls each and every one of us to be a witness. And you know, that's exactly what Philip was doing here. He was being a witness. What does it mean to be a witness? You know, Brother Rush, you don't necessarily have to be a theological genius to be a witness. If you genuinely got saved yourself, you know what happened and you can share that with somebody else. Do you know what it is? Everything in this world... The world around you is trying to discredit and tear down Jesus Christ and put those doubts there and all of those things. In fact, God has called you to be a a character witness for Jesus Christ. They're saying Jesus Christ is not who he says he is. They're saying that there's all kinds of other ways to get to heaven, that you don't have to have this religious stuff. The truth is, Jesus has said, will you take the witness stand for me? Will you stand up and say, no, I know him personally. I know who he is. And I know what he can do because he's done it in my life. You see, that's what was happening here. And I say to you this evening, you may not have all of the theological answers. You may not know all of those theological terms. But the Bible says that salvation is so simple that even a child can understand it. Now, my people here at Bethel have heard me say many times, never confuse simple and easy. It's not easy to become a Christian. As a matter of fact, it's probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. You think that it's easy to, to let go of everything that you've known, let go of the sin, let go of those fleshly pleasures, to let go of the life that you've had all of your life? Do you think that it's easy to say, no, I'm turning from that, and I'm going to follow this way where there aren't many people, where I know that I'm going to be mocked? He tells you that if you live godly, you will suffer persecution. You're not going to live a godly life in the midst of a sinful world, and people be happy about it. But you see, Philip was a witness. And here this evening, I want to say to you, that though it may be the hardest thing you've ever done to let go of those things, The simple truth is easy to understand. There is no other way. People make light of these born-again Christians. (laughs) Folks, that's not my terminology. It's not this church's terminology. It's not the Baptist terminology. As a matter of fact, it's the terminology of Jesus Christ himself. When Nicodemus went to him, he wanted to know how he could inherit eternal life, how he could go to heaven. And Jesus said, ye must be born again. He had been born fleshly, but he needed that spiritual birth. And I'm saying to you this evening, just as these youngsters have testified this evening, you need to be spiritually born again. There is no other way. Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the only sufficient sacrifice. And God has paid that sacrifice for you, that your sins can be forgiven. And you see, Philip simply took the Word of God. The Bible says he preached to him Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, this is the one. He's the only one that can make that difference in your life. And, of course, not only do we have here the proper preparation and the proper presentation, but folks, the proper application. (laughs) You know, you can know all of the facts. You can know all of the truths that are there. But unless they are applied to you personally, They will not do you any good. The Bible teaches us, and it's funny, you know, when John was writing to to Christians, but he told those Christians that Jesus Christ was the propitiation for our sins. Now, my people know I love that word. It's one of those old English words that's been taken out of most of 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 the newer Bibles. He's the propitiation for our sins. He absolutely, when he died upon the cross, when he shed his blood, when he rose the third day, he completed every possible requirement that God had to pay for the sin debt. There was nothing that was left undone in it. But you know, John didn't stop there when he said that he's a propitiation for our sins. He went on to say, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. You see, the sacrifice was sufficient but it must be applied to you personally. One of the passages that have probably brought more people to Christ than possibly any other one in the Scripture simply says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can say all the words. You can know all the religious terminology. a matter of fact, you can pray all the sinner's prayers and all the other prayers in the world, and you can still leave this world not ready to meet God. For with the heart. You see, the words come after the heart surgery. First of all, it's got to take place inside. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And that's exactly, you know, that uh, when Philip asked, uh, or when the eunuch asked Philip, says, what hinders me from being baptized? That you believe with all your heart. That you believe with all your heart. He said, I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that he is who he said he was, that he did what he said that he did. And you know, this evening, that's the same path that each of these young people came to the point in their lives as they said, I know, I know there's sin in my life and I know what the penalty of that sin is. And you know, even at a young age, some people say, oh, you just try to scare people. Even at a young age, There was at least a couple of them that mentioned to me, we didn't want to go to that place called hell. (laughs) You know, the truth is, nobody wants you to go there. God doesn't want you to go there. Matter of fact, it was only prepared for Satan. The Bible says for the devil and his angels. That's who God prepared it for. But you've only got two paths to follow. You can follow Satan to his eternal abiding place, or you can follow the Lord Jesus Christ to his, which is heaven. That's where he wants you to be. But your sin has to be dealt with. That very simple, simple, simple truth. That simple sin of disobedience in the garden, it brought death with it. And if God allowed you into heaven with even one sin that wasn't covered by the blood, heaven would no longer exist. It would have the same death and curse problem that earth has today. Because if sin entered in, death would come with it. But he has resolved the sin problem for you. And here this evening, As these three come to follow the Lord in in believers' baptism. Oh, I just challenge you this evening. You know, I heard somebody say it this this way one time, says, Yeah. He says, sometimes it takes a little bit of intestinal fortitude. (laughs) Sometimes you got to stand up against yourself. Sometimes you got to stand up for you know. You know that you're not gonna have any support. Oh, I thank God. Young people, thank God that you've got a Christian family to support you. I've seen many that have come through this church and other places that when they became Christians, they didn't have the support of a Christian family. Many times they were on their own. They had nobody to support them in their day-to-day life out there. You know, that's what we sang earlier. Though none go with me, still I will follow. That takes some courage. I wonder this evening, if you haven't done so, are you willing to admit, like these young people did, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that there is only one sin payment that's sufficient. And that's the blood atonement of Jesus Christ Himself. He died my death for me. I deserved it because I was the sinner. But He died in my place so that I might live. And He died in your place that you might live. If you'll accept that sacrifice this evening. And you know that... As we look over into the book of Romans, and I just want to read it, and then I want to just make a couple of comments to these here this evening. Let me just, first of all, try without stopping just to read it through and just listen to what God tells us here. This is especially for you three this evening. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Well, listen to this. Are things tough? He said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption and to the glorious liberty of the children of God. There's coming a day when we won't have to fight this old flesh anymore. He says, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, Even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we are not, we hope for that we see not. Then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. But we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, people, he says, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the call according to His purpose, He says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also so glorified. Praise God. Brother Steve, you've heard me say it before. Those are all past tense. With God, the job is as good as done. He doesn't stop halfway through. When he saves you, you have that assurance of knowing because you're not saved by anything that you do. You're saved totally, completely all by what God has done through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the truth is, once you've been blood-bought, once Jesus Christ is residing in you, God can actually speak of you being glorified in that glorified body in past tense as if it's already done. Because God's not going to leave you off halfway along the way somewhere. Listen, he says... What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Listen. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He said, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can't possibly be more secure, not only of our present life, but for all of eternity, than we are in Jesus Christ. When we put our faith and trust in Him, when we humble ourselves, as sinners that deserve absolutely nothing from a holy God. And we ask for mercy. We ask for forgiveness. You see, each one of these young people said that there came a point when they asked God to forgive them of their sins. And they knew that they could ask God that. And I asked each one of them how they knew, once they had done that, that God had saved them. And they all had to know because God said he would. <laughs> you see, folks, your emotions will run all over the place, your feelings and everything else. But God never changes. And his word never changes. And if you'll humble yourself, if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If you're willing, no matter how hard it is, to let go of that worldly life, to let go of that sin and just turn to him, And seek forgiveness because Jesus Christ has paid the price. God, have mercy upon me, not because I deserve it, but because Jesus Christ died for me in my place. He paid my sin debt. Will you please forgive me? He said, I will. Young people, the truth is, once you've done that, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God that you have in Jesus Christ. Nothing can happen. There is absolutely nothing in all this world that can take that away from you. This evening, we're going to go through these waters of baptism. And as we go there, I want to, first of all, ask each and every one of you here this evening, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never experienced the new birth, the spiritual birth that must take place. If you don't know what that is, would you ask yourself a question this evening? Why in the world would you want to walk through those doors not knowing that you were ready to face God? Not knowing what tomorrow holds for you. Not knowing what tonight holds for you. Why? When God wants to give you life and He wants to give you all of eternity, why would you reject that? For what you might have in this life would, at its very best is temporal and short. He died for you. He'll forgive you your sins this evening. You can have that assurance of knowing. And Christian, just as I've tried to read this passage to these young people this evening, let it be an encouragement to you. If you've got Jesus Christ in your life, I know, I know. I, I know that sometimes it can be tough. And things can be hard, and things come along that you just don't understand and, and we don't have the answers to. But we can trust him. We can trust him. I know some of you right here this evening. You've come through some hard days that I couldn't even imagine getting through because God was with you. And I know that I've come through sometimes. That if God hadn't been with me, there is no way that this man is strong enough to have gotten through it. But God's there for you. You can be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. There's nothing that can separate you from His love. And you know that all things working together for good, that includes the best thing that ever happened to you in life, as well as the worst and everything in between. God is in control this evening. Have you given the Lord your life? Do you know that with absolute certainty? You see, I know. I know certainly in talking with Mick and Tracy, and I know in talking to these young people, I know that they would want for you this evening, their friends, their family, more than anything in the world, they'd want you to know the same Jesus, that these three are coming to proclaim that they've put their faith in this evening. They would want you to know that same Jesus, and have that confidence that no matter what tomorrow holds, they've got eternity to spend with you. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord. Father, we know that this has been kind of around the way and maybe not a, a usual type sermon, but Father, we believe we've shared from our hearts what you have laid upon our hearts this evening. You, you know the hearts of these that are here. Father, it's not the words of this preacher that matter, but... May you, through your spirit, take your word. May you speak to hearts through that this evening. Lord, I pray that right now as Jazz and Liberty and Isaac come to follow you in the waters of baptism, I pray, Lord. I pray that your special hand of blessing would be upon them. I pray, Lord, that this would be a time that, Lord, as they stand before this congregation this evening, Lord, as they say, yes, I'm not ashamed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. My life is committed to Him from now and for all of eternity. I pray that it might be a witness to those others that are here this evening. I pray that you would use it to speak to other hearts as well as bless and strengthen them in their own Christian walk. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.